look at this. Old school at the desk, me and Ben in the proper areas and roles, okay? <laughs> I feel good about this. Ben Mankwitz, how are you, my old friend? I'm well, how are you? Good, Oh, I was gonna bring down the book and I forgot. Okay, your book? Yeah, my book, I have a copy for you, do not let me forget. All right, did you I sign it? Yes, I did, okay, you'll be, yeah, well. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, uh, I also have a copy available for you guys at tyt.com slash justice now. All right, that's how you could pre-order it. We have, uh, Ben, the copy I'm giving you, there's only like 12 copies or so, mm -hmm. uh, because it's the non-final version, like the graphs are not set. There's one right, or right. two things mm -hmm. that are in there uh, that are- So don't resell it. No, it's, if the book does Incredible. Like it might be very valuable. So, uh, yeah, collector's copy. Oh, great. All right. Okay. Definitely sell it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, okay, in fact, let's start with that. Okay. What's so, the number that I could sell it for that wouldn't bum you out? No, no, exactly right conversation. <laughs> right. Okay. So, on this show. Check, I sold your book. Some guy gave me $65 for it. You'd be like, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was gonna go with forty. Yeah. Um, so uh, on this show, we're gonna talk about Joe Rogan. I have some new feelings towards him. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and we're gonna talk about uh, Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's. Now you order through the computer. Okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, when you're there, yeah. Through the, through the giant iPads that Shep Smith invented a while back. <laughs> and uh, do you so have the McDonald's app on your phone? I don't, but my wife does. Oh. I'm glad you mentioned that because that'll be part of the discussion. I'm yeah. very much against that app, and I will I will prove my case later. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've used it 75 times. Wow, yeah. controversy on the McDonald's yeah. app later yeah. in the program. Okay, uh, but I don't it's a bummer to have it on your phone. Uh -huh. Like you just don't. It's not like it's not cool. Right? It's, no. Yeah. No, the McDonald's app is definitively not cool. Yeah, and it's just it screams you don't take care of yourself. Like that you have it on the phone and that I use it and I have so many points. Yeah. Oh, the fact that you have that many. But yeah. to be fair, I have at least as many points on my Jersey Mike's coupon card that I have. Jersey Mike's oddly a little cool. <laughs> a little cooler than yeah. McDonald's yeah. for sure. Oh, I even think Jersey Mike's having a Jersey Mike's card might even be a little cool. It's definitely cooler than McDonald's. There's no, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah okay, I'm glad we've dispensed right, with that. It doesn't need to be said out loud. Yeah. yeah. I have probably gotten at least four free subs from Jersey Mike's. No, yeah, no. Look, I, I had the I had the free uh, the joy when I would go to uh, oh for the Pinkberry, which I uh -huh. used to go to when it was popular, not because it was popular because that's when I learned about it. It's it's very good this Pinkberry, and then I stopped going. Like and then there weren't any, and then I went again with my daughter. I was like, I can take you to Pinkberry, which we call Pinkberry, and and then it was uh, and I was like, oh right. I love this place. So we went again and you sign up for the thing. And then like every, I don't know, fifth time we go, they'll be like, do you want to use your free one? And I'd be like, I do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> be great. of course. Yeah, I mean, no, who doesn't? Saving it for a different, for, what are you talking about? I might die, of course I'm gonna use it. No, yeah. that's another great point. Yeah. Now you're forcing me into this conversation. Um, they're always like, do you want to use it now? I'm like. Well, why wouldn't I? What's like, the, is there a special occasion? Am I going to save for my birthday? I mean, it well, might like, be that if I get hit by a car and I lay dying on the street, I'll be like, I have twenty one thousand eight hundred thirty four McDonald's points wasted. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's yeah. what I'm going to think. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, totally. Okay. That's right. 
I didn't get the Jersey Mike subs for free for no reason. No, <laughs> certainly. I, like I was waiting for it. Now, when I use Starbucks points, it's less rewarding, but I like doing it because you can see it coming. Like you know exactly what it's coming for Starbucks, and I, um, uh, uh, and you want to use it on the most expensive item possible that you might get. So sometimes, oh, for sure. Sometimes I don't get it for just my. $3.50 coffee, like I'll be like, no, no, hold, please. Sometime I'm going to be with my daughter and she's going to have some $5.65 thing and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, we played this game at a Chinese bakery just a couple of days ago. So uh, they say, we were about to buy two, three th items, right? They go, well, if you buy five, you get the six for free. And I'm like, no, that means we're gonna buy five. That's right. If we were gonna buy three, we don't need the other two, right? right. But the minute my wife hears buy five, get the six one free, right. Right. guaranteed. Right. Zero we're percent gonna, chance we're, we're walking that. out. That's right. With yeah. anything under six, it could be more, right. but it get, cannot be under six. You might get 10. Right. That's right, yeah. And then they said, well, the free one, of course, is the least expensive one. Then we play a game of like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what you would call it, but uh, Jenga or whatever, to make sure that everything we get is as expensive as possible. Mm -hmm. So that the least expensive one is still like relatively, not expensive, but like isn't the $2.75 one we were gonna Starbucks get. Starbucks does a great thing, is that they automatically, they'll be like, that they take off the most expensive thing that you bought that you qualify for. Oh, so that's right nice. away. They'll be like, you buy a 565 thing and then you have a sandwich for five. They'll be like, no, you're 565 drink. That's what we're No, Chinese about. bakers are the opposite because. Uh, then I don't want them to do it. Then don't give me your promotion. Oh, really? Because I think most people are on, most people do, most shops do the, yeah. the Chinese baker version, but I mean, not the Starbucks version. They gotta version. be, they, but if, I mean, look, if something's, you, you know, you can't have a, you can't buy three five dollar things and then buy a twelve dollar thing. Uh -huh. The other thing is six dollars. Like if they're in the ballpark, you should give the person the break to make them feel like they've really got something. Yeah, the immigrant mentality is my mama didn't raise no fool. Okay, I'm not giving you the four dollar thing when I can give you the two dollar seventy five dollar thing. Yeah. So that's why we literally. Yeah, Wanted the $2.75 thing, we're like, no, you gotta take it out. You gotta take it out. Take yeah. it out and put in the $4.50 thing. Of course, obviously. <laughs> right, even though we don't want it as much. No, you want the other one, it tastes better, <laughs> right, but yeah. <laughs> okay, to answer to your book question. Um, so let's say the book gets crazy popular in this, because if it doesn't get crazy popular, this story is not at all interesting, because your collector's copy will be worth Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's right. I mean, you might be able to sell it on eBay for like half the price of the book, like a year from now, so like, $13 max, right? Right. So, okay, but let's say this wonderful, fantastical scenario happens right. where we kill it, right? And it's the most talked about book, etc. cetera. Uh, and so then if you unload the book for 40 bucks instead of the 25 bucks or whatever, 29 bucks, mm -hmm. I don't know what the price is gonna be, um, that then you didn't need to unload, you didn't need the extra no. $11, no, right? keep the book. Keep the book. Yeah. Um, at let's say the crazy nutso scenario, forty thousand dollars. Then <laughs> okay, I do, well, hold on. We're yeah, out right, yeah. establishing uh, outward boundaries. Uh -huh. Okay, I thought you were going to say four hundred. No, no, no. Hold on, I'm getting there. Forty thousand dollars. I'm going to hit you if you don't sell. Yeah, somebody offered check. Somebody offered me forty thousand for the book. I don't know. You signed it for me. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> Just sell the goddamn thing. Let's go to Vegas. <laughs> come on. You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give me, forget a quarter of it. Like, right. Right. like take me out to a great steak restaurant. Right, right. And Maybe if I go. lose a couple of thousand dollars, cover me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if I win, don't worry about it. Right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so okay, so that's the outward boundary. Uh, $4,000, same thing as the $40,000. Yeah, we're not going to Vegas, it's not spectacular. You don't owe me anything, right? Well, I pay for breakfast. But <laughs> breakfast at Denny's. That's right, yeah. Okay, yeah. and you got $4,000, don't be nuts, right, sell yeah, it, right? right? By the way, Edwin, this also goes towards you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you as well, Bart, okay? <laughs> so now $400 is, I think, where the rubber hits the road. That's right, that's right, 400, <laughs> and that's, yeah, 400, oof. Really, four $100 bills. I already read it. <laughs> I already read it. I, I, I already read the thing that you signed. I read the thing you signed. I take, here, I take a picture of it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I <laughs> take a picture of it. And I, got, it. I can just give you a new book and sign and, the same thing. That's right. And I'll buy a new one for $29.95, and then you sign that one. And, yeah. Or you buy it, and then you just write in the same thing I wrote, but in your handwriting. <laughs> totally. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, this is crazy. I think I sell it for $400. $400. Yeah. Uh, rip the page. Rip the page and sell it? No, yeah. rip the page that's signed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but that's part of what would sell, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You selling it for four hundred bucks? Edwin? No, he wouldn't. No. no, he wouldn't. That's too low. Bart? He would sell it. Uh, I can't sell it sentimental. Huh. Oh, Bart surprised. Okay. My dad sold his father's Oscar. We sell. Oh my wow. God! <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I'm like that. Actually, that emoji. I'm almost literally. <laughs> okay. So wait, are we allowed to talk about this? Because yeah, I can't. Yeah. I'm dying to know how much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, but not enough. Like it was a bummer. Yeah. First of all, definitely not enough. Whatever the number was. Well, the whole story. I mean, first of all, the especially because that one. Is kind of is that the Citizen Kane? Citizen Kane one. Yeah. That's kind of legendary to so, say the least. Of course, you're allowed to sell. You, you can't sell them now, but you that was that was grandfather, the pre nineteen. In your case, summer. literally, literally grandfather did. <laughs> so, but it's a sign of my father's wonderful lack of sentimentality. That's what reminded me of the story, right? When mm -hmm. Bart said it's too sentimental. So my father and his brother Don. They like, you know, when my grandfather died, they each got something, right? And there were three things that became of, of value. There was my grandfather's annotated script to Citizen Kane, where he had things then he would write in the margins. It was very personal in his. Mm -hmm. There was a rosebud sled that was actually not used in the picture, but was given to Herman, my grandfather, at the rap party by another writer, great writer, Ben Hecht. Mm -hmm. Had like another, they they didn't have, they couldn't, they had, they couldn't find any more, and they gave, so he made him a rosebud sled. Um, and my uncle got that, and my dad got the Oscar, and they both owned the screenplay. Mm -hmm. At some point, and now because he's dead, I can talk about it. The, my uncle, uh, he was a gambler, and I got that gene, right? Mm -hmm. But he and my dad used to talk about what games, sports games, what what football games to bet on on Sunday, right? And my grandfather, my uncle invented something called the act, which I still think of every Sunday because the act, I've told you about this before, but you would love it. You've, uh, uh, the act was if a game is on television, now this is from the 60s and 70s, right, into the 80s. If a game is on television, 
you have to bet on, right? Because mm -hmm. it's on mm -hmm. TV, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, yeah. And so, and he bet on football. So, you know, and there were only two games on a day, or three, two or three a Sunday. So you'd have to bet on those three games and any other games you like. But that would other games be covered. He would say it's covered by the act. So I have to take the Falcons or the Saints, right? Because it's uh -huh. on. Um, and so I always think, God, thank God he wasn't alive and gambling today. Because all the games are. They're all, everything's on TV. Everything's on, everything. Oh my God, I got to bet on 128 college football games today. Right? You know, right. yeah. Knowing you though, since you got that gene, he might have. Yeah, totally, that's right. So This was your uncle Don? This was my uncle Don, yeah. Yeah. So he didn't always have enough money to get through, you know, pay his, bill, pay his bills. I mean, you know, he wasn't like living on the street, but he, he needed help sometimes. So he said, hey, can we sell the script? Because I need the money. Mm -hmm. That's really a no-brainer for my father, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you need the money, you know. I mean, if my dad were sophisticated or rich and he was neither, he could have said, well, I'll give you some amount of money and I'll buy it from you. But he didn't care whether he had the script or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they sold it. And this was in like the early 90s. I have no idea of the year. And it, it, it made, it went for like 300000 plus. Ooh. And it turned out uh, Steven Spielberg bought it. Huh. And then he put it, displayed it at his office, and then eventually gave it to the Academy. Because uh -huh. he's a great guy. So that's awesome. Like, what? perfect. It's now yeah. on display at the Academy, and they split $328,000, whatever it was. Maybe I'm off by, maybe it's 228. Yeah. But I mean, in the, it felt like, oh, that's helpful. That guy. That's a big amount of money. Yeah, it sold at auction, yeah. you know, at Christie's auction. So then it came time, like, so then even though my dad owned the Oscar, he, it was a lot to insure and keep in the house, like oh, a fair amount. Like I mean, a lot. Interesting. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like it was some amount. Like I don't know. Like let's make something up. Like a hundred dollars a month. I don't. Maybe I'm being too. I don't know how insurance works either. I mean, I yeah. know how it works, but I don't know what. But it was a thing that annoyed my father, who was. I mean, he was cheap the way you are. Like you don't really know, but I mean, he he like why you know you need a new shirt, Frank. Why I got this one. You know. <laughs> you, know you know. I love that. You know, and so he. Uh, you know, he drove a Hyundai until the for the last ten years of his life, and it was like that car was. They make good cars now. They didn't then. Like yeah, he would yeah. bump into something and it would fall off. My dad would get out, put the bumper back on. You know, <laughs> so be like, I think it's it looks good. It's good. Let's go. You know, um, well, we've just put to bed that uh, anti-Semitic trope that uh, oh all Jews are good at business. Oh my God, he was so oh my God, he was so bad at business. So then, uh, so my uncle calls again. He's like, I could use a little cash. Uh -huh. I don't want to create the impression that like my uncle was a total deadbeat. He was just like, you know, he was a writer, and you know, as he got older, he wasn't bringing in as much money, and so whatever. He, well, I mean, look, this is the Mankiewicz tradition. The same thing happened to Herman. That's right. That's right. Herman would lend money though frequently. Herman uh -huh. was a big lender, and then. And then, and, and then would and run bought, out because he lent because so he lent a lot of money, right? And and so, but he was a huge gambler too. Also a big gambler, yeah, that's right. So then the the so then her my uncle calls my father and says, "Can we? Would you mind selling the? What do you think about selling the Oscar?" And maybe my dad was complaining about the insurance. Oh, so the last part of that story is the insurance was so high that my dad stopped keeping it in the apartment and he just put it in a safe deposit box. Uh huh. And then as soon as he did that, and then Don called, he was uh -huh. like, "Well, if it's in a safe deposit box." Who cares? Uh -huh. Like, it doesn't mean I'm not seeing it. I'm getting no value for it. Yeah. If somebody's going to pay, and they were like, and and some big name director just paid three hundred thousand dollars for the thing. What will they pay for the Oscar? Right. Yeah. So they do the same thing with the Oscar. And for whatever reason, the movie memorabilia market had dipped, and it got 
a fraction of what that, like half as much as the script had got. Uh-huh. And we don't know who bought it. So it was a huh. huge bummer. They didn't get enough money, and it sold. And then my dad gave, and, and my and my dad gave like fifteen percent to his brother. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. So his lack of sentimentality is really interesting. Yeah, he was very unsentimental about things. He was like, "Am I? He won the Oscar. I don't need to see it. it doesn't matter. It's not a. It's just a thing." Yeah. Yeah. So he's both right and wrong, right? That's right. He's That's right. Physically yeah. and literally right. Yeah. He's right. He's right on the ethics, and and it's very admirable. And I really wish we had the Oscar. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that he, so he's doing a classic mistake, in my opinion, there, because he's thinking about it like he does and not thinking, how will Ben think about this? Josh think about this? How will other people think about this later? Because he's assuming that everyone is. As has as little sentimentality as as he does. Yeah, or or who knows why? I mean, he may have thought, well, it'd be nice to have this big lot of money. He didn't check with us, is my recollection. If the anti-Semitic tropes were correct, Herman would have saved a ton of money, mm-hmm. and then your dad would have saved a ton that's of right, money. That's right. No, would have, your dad would have sold the old Beverly Hills house at the top of the market and the statue at the right. top of the market, and then you'd, right. you'd be rich, right? But you aren't. No, I, he yeah. inherited zero dollars. I inherited zero dollars. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so, you Jews are not very good at this. No, we're not good at it. So <laughs> the uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, but I but I do like it about him, but. And I think if I definitely think if it had been 10 years later, or maybe it was probably 15 years later, whatever it was, I feel like it was like 1990. So maybe 10 years later, if I'd been working at TCM, he would have asked me. And I would have said, well, obviously, I'd rather you didn't. He still might have because he still wanted to help his brother. But mm-hmm. they were definitely like, in hindsight, he was like, oh, that was stupid. Also, because we just got it at a bad time. And we just, yeah. had, he had this thing, Steven Spielberg's going to buy this. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to yeah. be. Did you talk to Spielberg about it when you I met did, him? I did, I did, I did. And uh, okay, did yeah. you guys have a good laugh over it or something? We had a, he said like, oh, well, let's get it back. <laughs> oh. Like Spielberg was like, I go, I buy Oscars like now. He goes, he uses, and he gets, and then he gives them to the Academy. So he wouldn't be giving them back to the Oh, family. let's get back to Oscar. I thought he meant, let's get back the manuscript that I bought no. and I'll buy it from the Academy and give it back to you. No. And at which point I was going to say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. What are you doing? Yeah. No, well, it should be at the Academy. No, the no, Academy is where it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unless so, he gives it back to you and then you could resell. Oh, to the Academy. That'd be the best. That's It's like, it's some version of re-gifting. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, but if I, I suspect if I reminded Spielberg that, it, that Oscar is out there, and we don't actually know who has it. The, he would put people on it. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's a shame that someone else bought it because yeah, it's, if a they, it's right. It because been. if someone else bought it and they bought it for the money, and then they know that somebody's on the hunt for it, they're going to overcharge, and yeah. it's going to drive me crazy, right? So that's the kind of thing that drives me crazy, yeah. like missing out on value. Okay, that's right. So maybe yeah. the trope should have been about the Muslim. But it's another example of how the <laughs> Mankiewicz just missed out on value. Because I mean, how much would the Citizen Kane Oscar be worth now? Ah, stop driving me crazy! Yeah, come on, you guys. No, every time I think about the fact that your dad sold the Beverly Hills house, yeah, and the lot next to it. Ah, <laughs> when, what year did he sell? I don't remember. The fifth. You guys would be so rich right now on yeah. just those two parcels of land. They just don't sell. Just, just don't, don't sell. sell. Just don't sell them. That's ah! right. Yeah, empty lot next door. Yeah. Oh God, damn! It's like, well, it was like we sold the house for sixteen thousand dollars, and then the lot for like twelve. You know, and you're like, no, oh, 
no. <laughs> Guys, to give you a sense of it, yeah. look, this is how insane LA values are. Okay, home values. So uh, those lots in Beverly Hills, if you know they're the generally the same size lots as the ones in the rest of the city, basically, uh, the land probably goes for about ten thousand. I mean, 10 million right now. Yeah, I don't know if this. But okay, I mean, let's well, yeah, say yeah, they're yeah, smaller. Yeah, but there's no way that the land's going to go less than five million. Yeah, I was no gonna, way. Yeah, I was say, okay, yeah, yeah. No. so that's at least 10 million right there. Probably 20. Yeah, yeah probably. Like, ah! Okay, sorry, know, I'm making you feel worse. Yeah, um, so. but I'd have to split it with my brother, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> barely, oh, only barely, five barely, barely, barely be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm causing you too much pain here, but but I'm going to keep going. Uh, so in a different neighborhood in uh, in LA, uh, I talked to some uh, folks that were in the neighborhood because I like to talk to people, right? And I said, "How much did you guys buy this house for?" And uh, one guy was like, "Oh, my parents bought it in like the 1960s. They bought it for sixty-four thousand dollars." Yes, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, that's amazing. Uh, how much is it now? About two and a half to three million. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, yeah. they bought it for sixty-four thousand. I yeah. met people who their parents bought it originally in this one. In that case, it was Westwood, which was a working-class neighborhood back when they built it in 1928, 1929. Okay, and then they originally bought it for around thirty thousand dollars. And now some of those yeah. homes are three million dollars. Yeah, our thirty thousand to three million. A house I grew up in D.C. is certainly not worth three million dollars, but. But we bought it in like I was two, I think, in like 1969 or 1970 for I think I want to say 65, but it might have been 85,000. And and they, my parents could not afford it. Like it was a, you know, I don't know if they borrowed money from an uncle or something to to help with the down payment. But like the early, they described the early years of paying the mortgage as a struggle. Yeah. Right? But they were like such a nice neighborhood. And my mom really wanted it, so they bought it. And like when we after they got divorced, like it sold and. Whenever mom moved in like 86 or something like that for like $550,000. And that was 86. So yeah. it's worth, you know, again, just, there's just, if they just left it, they yeah. just hadn't grown to loathe each other. You know, <laughs> if only yeah. they hadn't loathed each other. Yeah. Um, I think that might be the bigger problem yeah. in that yeah. case. But um, it's not quite what happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. So, uh, look, in LA, it's mental. Um, I know someone who bought a house in the like, so far out, it's like the middle of the desert, and it's gone up six times its value. Yeah, it's crazy. So bought it for around two hundred, less than two hundred thousand. It's now worth one point two million, and it's like hours away from LA. LA is gigantic. You can drive and drive for days and still be in LA County, right? So the, LA County is by far the biggest county in the. I don't. I don't think it's the biggest county by landmass, but it's the biggest county by population, and it's also got a huge amount of landmass. But by population, there's nothing even close. Yeah, and so now that house is worth 1.2 million, and that was in the span of about 10 years. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and then, and when you get here, you begin to understand why, because the temperature is just near perfect, right? Yeah, like, I was at lunch today complaining about. I mean, the people they, they were talking about climate change, and the other people were actually complaining about the weather around the world, and about. He was saying that one guy walks a lot of places. He's like, it's very hot to walk, and and then they were like, even here, and we're winning temperature right now across the country by far. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's 86 today in LA and everybody's complaining like crazy. I know. Like, They're like 86, how can people live here, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right? And so meanwhile, like my kids went to Taiwan because my wife's originally from Taiwan this summer. And Taiwan is super hot, super humid. 
and then we went to Miami, super hot, super humid. And every time they come back to LA, they're like, why do we go other places? Yeah. Was it, so did you go in the we went in the ocean in my in Miami? I did, yeah. And like like like, a, like hotter a, than outside. That's crazy. So it's I mean, really it's amazing. Right. It's amazing. So it's not, it feels that way. I'm sure it isn't, right? Right. But actually I'm not well, even no, sure. No, parts of it they I'm measured sure. it's like 97 degrees. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, then yeah. it is hotter. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. No, you get in and you're like this is not remotely refreshing. This can't right. It's not even like, And then I went to the pool in the hotel. Like I love it to be warm, but like you want it to be like 86. That's like, yeah. wow, the ocean's really warm, but this feels good. Yeah. yeah. And I can, yeah. You go to the pool. That's how it was when we lived there, like a lot. You'd go into the ocean and be like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. That's right. But now it's not nice anymore. It's, it's too, too hot. hot. Yeah. Then you go to the pools and they're just as hot. Right. Because the sun's cooking everything. Yeah. Now, let alone, like, but to cook the ocean, yeah. that's a hell of a thing. That's a right. Cool, yeah. That's a good and, chef. And so you have to take a shower to cool off after, after you go in the ocean. Yeah, that's crazy. Because the ocean is so hot. Uh, and so, no, no, I mean, that gets into the disastrous conversation of climate change and how we're all screwed and we're all gonna die. So I talked to your dad a decent amount. Every time I saw him, I'd always like ask him about the different things. How was it in World War II? How was it this? How was it World War II? Yeah. <laughs> no, hey man, how was it World War II? Yeah. 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 And he had great stories, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. but, but of course, I mean, uh, you know a thousand times more than I do, and I never asked him about this. So, what did he get out of your dad? I, I don't know if you guys ever had that conversation. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, what did he get out of your grandfather, his dad? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so, because Herman's an interesting, complicated dude, right? So, he writes Citizens, Citizen Kane. He's a great, legendary Hollywood writer and wit. Right. right. And yeah. Dr and drinker. Yeah. yeah. So, he drinks a lot, he gambles a lot, he doesn't retain any money. But he's has these amazing accomplishments, right? And is an amazing guy. So, did your like did your dad love the hell out of his dad or no? Yeah, he did love his dad a lot. Um, uh, but and and he he was very funny and he thought very warm and very loving for especially given you know the 30s and 40s and what dads were like. But he was like attentive and but he was drunk a lot, so that took away from it. Like he, oh, because he, but he was never mean. There was never he never raised a hand. He didn't yell at anyone. He would just go to sleep. Like that was his. Yeah. That, so there was no coming back. Right. So I mean, he would come home and he'd be drunk and then he'd go to sleep. And so they would be like, "Oh, I was hoping to hang out with Dad tonight, but yeah, he's drunk." But you know, he could also until he fell asleep, he could be fun. He was kind of a fun drunk. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, by the way, that happens with me and my kids. Even though I almost don't drink at all anymore. Yeah. But since I don't get enough sleep during the weekdays and I work my ass off the whole week, right? And on Friday night, I want to relax a little bit and I'll have like two beers. And then you just. And my kids are like, no, mama, don't do it. Because <laughs> they know what's going to happen. We're going to go on the couch to watch a movie or something and yeah. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> They're like, dad got drunk and passed out again. <laughs> right, you had like one and a half. No, but eggs. really one and a half. Yeah, Coronas. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, totally. Corona lights. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah, so he, but he got a lot out of him. There's a great story. I'll tell the story very quickly. So my father gets uh, uh, finished service in World War II, and he's at the uh, uh, American base at, at Bremen in Germany, and he was running the radio station there. Like, you know, there was like, and, and they had nothing to do. I mean, they were like an occupying force, but he was on the base. There's no, you know, you get out, you do your, you know, roll call, and then, like, there's nothing to do. So that's interesting. Hold on, hold yeah. this, hold the thought. Uh, I just realized for folks who don't 
know or remember from, so we just told you his grandfather is Herman Mankiewicz, we've been talking about it, wrote Citizen Kane. But Ben's dad, Frank Mankiewicz was Bobby Kennedy's press secretary. Was he the first president of NPR? No, no, there was, I think, another one. But he was the most, he was the first significant president of NPR. Right, because started, Morning started, Edition. He started Morning Edition, and it was very, yeah, he had a good good run till the end when it was less good. Right, and and a number of other celebrated things. Yeah, just, George we, McGovern's campaign manager. Oh, right, George yeah, McGovern's yeah, campaign yeah. manager, of course. So, just context. So, okay, he's at the base. So, he's at the base in Bremen, and they can't, you know, after the war, you can't get guys home, like, because there's no planes, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. got to get on a giant ship. And go across the Atlantic, right? Wow, I forgot right. about that. That's right. Other than the people who were going to go to Japan for the invasion, which included my uncle, who was on a ship or about to be on a ship for the for the. the Did F1. he make a bet that he wasn't going to go? <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> so he was in the navy. So anyway, but my dad, so he wasn't set to go. His division wasn't scheduled to go to Japan or anything like that. So he was at the base in Bremen, and you just had to wait. And sometimes it would take a year. Right of like you wouldn't. It's not like the war ended in May or then in August, May in Europe, and then in August in the in the Pacific. And it wasn't like you then oh, you were home three weeks later. You know, it took a long time. So sometime in 1945, uh, my dad learned that you could join the Merchant Marine um, and sail home right away. And they would let you resign your commission in the army. They'd let you out because they were thrilled. Like, oh, great, you're out. You're on a merchant marine ship. See you. Thanks. We're just trying to get guys home. Mm -hmm. So you could join the merchant marine, and then, but the and then you'd get back to the states, and you'd resign from the merchant marine. <laughs> like, so you just had to work one ship, right? Uh -huh. One round. So my dad joins the merchant marines. He works in the PX as they sail back across the the Atlantic, and they to New York. And then my dad's going to fly from New York to back home to Los Angeles. Um, which means like flying to at least you know New York to Chicago and probably Chicago to Denver and Denver to Los Angeles or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think they'd had like Pan Am had a flight that only had maybe had to stop once it was a big deal flight that you mm -hmm. can get only stopping in wherever Chicago or Wichita or wherever somewhere right. So my uh, they they my, they're sailing on the Merchant Marine ship. I and there's a t tugboat that's bringing it in the, and and on the tugboat is a guy in a. In a long, it must have been cold, so maybe it was like the fall of '45. I don't have any idea. And and he's wa he's got a hat on and he's waving his hat to the merchant marine ship. And it's Herman. It's it's his father. Huh. Came across the country to greet the merchant marine ship and fly back with him. Oh wow! Yeah. So that's like not an easy thing to do in 1945. So okay, all right. Yeah, it's a nice story. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so they got along. But he did he ever tell you like oh because of your because of my dad. I knew not to gamble or not to drink. Yeah, or he did. He, he he didn't drink. My dad at all. Uh -huh. I mean, he drank a little. He'd have a single malt scotch like it in order at, at dinner at seven thirty, and you'd leave dinner at ten thirty, and there was like two thirds of the single malt scotch. But he claimed to love it, you know. <laughs> um, but that was only late in life, and then he'd occasionally hey like Dos Equis beer, like Mexican beer, really uh -huh. cold. But I mean, uh -huh. he had because he's the most interesting man. He's the, in the most world. interesting man. In the world. He would have four. I saw him drink. Eight beers in my life. Uh -huh. You know, he just didn't. Drinking was not part of his thing. But did he gamble? He gambled with my uncle. He would gamble like uh, they would get on the phone on Sundays. I would listen in. That's why I gamble because I love those conversations. Mm -hmm. I would be on one extension. My dad would be talking to his uncle, and they would go over the bets that they were going to make. My uncle would place them with his bookie, and my dad would be in for twenty dollars. He'd be mm -hmm. like, "I'll take Dallas uh, minus three and a half for 
for $22 to win 20 right? That was, you know, yeah. and God knows what my uncle was wagering, you know, yeah. hundreds of dollars in the, yeah. in the 1970s, I think. Yeah, on, that makes on sense. a number of games. So, my, and then they'd settle up at the end of the year, and my dad would owe eighty dollars, <laughs> or you know, or he'd be like, "Oh, I had a great year. It turns out I'm up two hundred and ten dollars. I'm thinking of betting half of it on the Super Bowl." You know, be like, yeah. you know, that. Yeah. So that's quaint. So none of the issues that Herman had. No, no, he uh, did not have it. Yeah, and, and so he worried about me too. I mean, he'd have this uh, like oh, really? way to the extent that he could worry. He'd be like, "So." You know, I'd say, oh, I had the Arizona State last night, you know, basketball against, you know, uh, uh, Cal, you know, plus six and a half. And they're, they're, they was tied with 40 seconds to play. How Cal win that game by seven? You know, it's crazy. What happened? Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's going to, I don't know, just a couple hundred dollars. And I lost this one too. And he's like, okay. Is it okay? Like, you, are you, is this under control? If it's not, it's okay. And we'll, you know, we'll fix mm -hmm. it. You know, he was very, like, no, I think it's all right. It's okay. uh, but yeah, yeah, after yeah. his dad and his brother, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He's he right was, to be a little was, bit nervous. Yeah. Now, I had the uh, opposite, same and opposite. Uh, no, I love your dad in gambling. Yeah. Okay, uh, but you know madness. the story. Yeah. 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 So my dad never gambled yeah. uh, and thinks gambling is crazy, <laughs> right? And so when I, uh, when he found out that I started playing chess, he's like, oh, no, no, don't play the chess. And I'm like, Chess. Who? Right? Yeah. I'm like, shouldn't every parent be thrilled that their kids are playing chess? The greatest thing in the world. Right. Kids play chess. He's like, no. Next thing you know, you lost all your money. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, how does that happen? And it turns out when he was growing up, they that's would what they gambled. That's on what chess. they gambled on. Yeah. <laughs> so great. And so he that. assumed that I was gambling on chess, and he was really worried I was going <laughs> to lose my shirt. By the way, also let's also note that my dad didn't have a lot of. Um, Confidence that I was going to win at chess. No, it's right. yeah. <laughs> like theoretically, it's a game of skill. I could win. No, uh, everybody who doesn't gamble thinks that everybody who gambles loses. Yeah, and is, they're not entirely they're not, wrong. Not entirely wrong. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so my dad won, didn't want me to do any gambling. And I remember the first time I went gambling in Atlantic City, I got super lucky, and especially because I had so little money back then, and I started with a tiny amount. And and I won like fifteen hundred dollars. To me back then, that was like yeah, all the money in the world, right? right? I mean, I could eat for months off of that. And so I hit twice on roulette, crazy, yeah, yeah. right? And so and I had a premonition. I told Steve ahead of time, and then I hit it, right? And then you think like, oh my god! And I tell my dad the whole story. He's like, oh no, <laughs> no! I wish you had lost. I wish you had lost all your money. Okay. You're like, don't worry, dad. That. That's, that's yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Later, it's later. the next trip to Atlantic yeah. City. Yeah, and that's exactly what he was yeah. worried about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I had. But to this day, like I'm 53 year old man. Okay, but if I tell my dad I went to Vegas and won some money, he'd say, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm like, "Dad, the ship has sailed." Right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Great. Just now, you got to turn around and now root for me. Root for me. <laughs> right. You're not going to change my habits. Might as well win. Okay, I'm going to say one other silly thing here. You mentioned the guy Hecht. What was his first name? Ben Hecht. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was a gorgeous woman in our high school named Dana Hecht. Mm -hmm. Does the same thing happen to you? Like, if you hear the last name or any name related to a, a hot girl from high school, you remember them? Or oh, 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 oh! I thought you were going to say, do I think they're related to a screenwriter? Famous <laughs> screenwriter. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Probably. Sure. Yeah, yeah, because I've heard that guy's name before, Ben Hecht. And you always think of I always Dana think of Dana Hecht. Hecht. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I always think like, I wonder if they're related. Was he good looking? Because she was really good looking. <laughs> <laughs> ben Hecht is the guy of the that that Herman, my grandfather, wrote the famous uh, cable too, saying, Oh yeah, yeah, uh, uh, get out here. My grandfather was in Hollywood earlier and was writing titles for silent movies, uh, and then when talkies came, he started writing screenplays, traditional screenplays, and he wrote to Ben Hecht, I don't know if it was during talkies or early part of sound, but he wrote to him, and he was a great playwright, Ben Hecht, with his partner, Charles MacArthur, uh, in New York, and he wrote to him and said, get out here as soon as you can. Uh, your only competition, uh, There's uh, get out here as soon as you can, there's millions to be made. Your only competition is idiots. <laughs> don't let this get around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you know this, last thing on, on the Mankiewicz family here, but so they started making crazy money right from the get-go once they started doing movies? Who started making like that? Like, like yeah, the, everybody in the movie industry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, pretty quickly. I don't know about during this, yeah, they did. It was it became a profitable business. They owned all the means of production, you know, they they owned the studios and and they uh, owned the theaters, hmm. so they could. There was just a. It was a, and everybody in the world instantly went to movies. It wasn't like a slow build or anything. No, like that. no, no. I mean, and the recognition of like the Warner Brothers early on, like this is going to be huge. Like I just saw this guy presented this thing and they showed it up on a wall, but it's really it's moving pictures. You know, like we have photos. Yeah, they're moving. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. and and it tells a story. Like people are going to be into this. Yeah, it turns out yeah, they were. Yeah. And they nailed that. Yeah. Uh, so look, I want to talk about the McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts thing because it's so fun and it's fitting here. But I'm not going to because I we never talk about the things we put in the title of the of the video. So no. let me start that conversation. Uh, so Rogan, mm -hmm. uh, I saw him say two things today. Um, oh, so, you mean on on his program? Yeah, no, and it's whatever pops up in the news, which is oftentimes misleading because he does three hour podcasts all the time, right? Yeah, and then like one or two things pop up. Does he do a five a week? A week? You know, I I lost track. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, but one was he said like uh, Tucker might run in twenty twenty eight. It's actually interesting because. I went on Patrick but David's show. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a little bit right, not a little bit. He's a right winger, but he's not crazy, and he's down in Florida, and that's why I went to Miami to go on his show. And then what's he, his name? Patrick McDavid. Patrick Bet David. Bet David. Is yeah, he, uh, Israeli. That's what I assumed uh, the mm -hmm. entire time. It turns out he's Armenian from Iran. Huh. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. But you. That's. I assume that because it's like the most Israeli name ever. Yeah. It seems. I was. It seems like it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so Patrick is not really no, yeah. but Bet David, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he no Christian from uh, uh, from Iran. Anyway, so uh, and then he went on Rogan's show, and he and I had talked about how Tucker um, has a good chance of running in twenty twenty eight. So Patrick, we thought he had a good chance of running in, in twenty four. Yeah. yeah, and so Patrick brings it up to Rogan, and Rogan goes, "Yeah, I think uh, Tucker probably." Can run and can win, and that becomes a news event. Mm -hmm. Like when I said it, not a news event. When Patrick says it's not a news event, but when Rogan says it, it's a news event, right? And so, and then he says, uh, "Why do we care about Joe Rogan's as a society? His analysis. I mean, the headline. The, like, why do we care that Joe Rogan thinks that Tucker Carlson can win? I know the answer of why it's a news story, but it's stupid. Like we made a mistake. Yeah. We've just made a mistake. Yeah, probably. He's and a bodybuilder who walks around without a shirt on." It doesn't matter what he has to say about politics.
Yeah, well, maybe, but he has a very popular podcast. No, no, I got it. Yeah, he's got a popular. So, I'm not, I don't even think he's untalented. He's clearly got a little bit of talent, but again, he didn't. He's not a. He didn't know anything about politics. He yeah, walks, no one who walks around and takes pictures of themselves without their shirt on should be listened to. That's a good rule. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because I'm definitely not making that mistake. Yeah, right, he's no danger. <laughs> I'll listen to you. You don't do that. No, yeah. never will. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't. I don't think even if you looked good without your shirt on, you look hey, fine. Hey, hey, what do you mean? Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, no, even seriously, yeah. if I had a six pack, I would take so many pictures shirtless that, but I would never, ever take off my shirt to do a video. Right, right, right. Like, you, like I wouldn't be like, oh, so. But you would post say, pictures of yourself without a shirt on? I would be very surprised. And it, the reason is, okay, and the reason is funny. Uh, there's several different reasons, but but one of them is when I was a, when I was younger, I'd sometimes lose weight mm -hmm. and think I look pretty good now, and then yeah. uh, I'd take a picture, or I'd wear a tight shirt or something, and I'd oh, I you would definitely wear a tight shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah you would definitely wear. A tight and then shirt. Yeah. and then people would say like, oh, have you put on some weight? Because before I wore loose shirts and they didn't yeah. notice that oh, I was I more should, overweight, right. and I was like, oh, I'm giving myself away, and I'm never going to be. Six pack guy, right. right? So I realized early on, don't make that mistake. Don't let your guard down, okay? Because <laughs> people are not going to like your body, right? Ever, ever, <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. So my other problem was that I hung out with other guys like Kenon and stuff who rode for right. Rutgers right. and had like this killer bodies, right? <laughs> so and taking my shirt off has never worked for me. Not gonna work. But beyond that, though. I just I, I'm from an I'm from the old school, right? Dan Rather wasn't going to take his shirt off to do the broadcast. No, don't right? Don't take no, it's not. Don't take it's a, not within the realm of consideration. Yeah, I mean, here's here's when you can take a picture of here's here, there is one there are two places where you can have pictures taken and you can share them with others where a gentleman can have his shirt off, and it's not a complicated answer: the beach, the pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or your boxing. Okay. <laughs> yes, if by chance you're a boxer, you can do that. Yes, yes, yeah. we allow it. Yeah. Um, so I remember when Alex Jones did a, a video uh, reply to us because we he was claiming to be the largest show, so we showed the numbers and we're mm -hmm. considerably larger. And then he got really mad and he did like this impromptu video in his house and he had no shirt on. Oh, that's great. And yeah. so we kept coming back and making fun of the fact that he had no shirt yeah, on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, we're like, largest lie online show, and I got this many viewers, but not enough to buy a shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, anyway, but I think yeah. it's a solid rule. If you, if you post selfies of yourself uh, half naked, you, I don't care who you think should run for president. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but Rogan, I kind of changed my mind a little bit just now. And it's partly based on what you're saying. Here's what I mean. Like, before I got really mad at him because I thought he's got this important platform and he's like not only listening to these right wing knuckleheads, but a guy, he seemed like an interesting, actually relatively neutral guy who's kind of turning into this right winger. And that's a shame. And the audience is getting misdirected mm -hmm. and I'd get mad at him, right? Mm -hmm. But now I've gotten to the point where I think like, yeah, he he doesn't, you're right, Ben, he doesn't know politics that well at all. Like, so he said, for example, in that clip, uh, you know, Tucker makes sense because he's a no-nonsense guy. 
And I'm like, no, no. what's your definition of no nonsense? Full well, of nonsense? Yeah. No. Right, yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone more full of nonsense than Tucker Carlson on, that used to be on cable news, yeah. right? Like I can find you Alex Jones who's more full of nonsense, right? And a couple yeah. other guys online. Yeah, but people who part, used to be part of traditional media, I literally don't know anyone more full of nonsense than Tucker Carlson. And I don't mean just his political points of view. I certainly, I don't mean his political points. I don't mean the even the crazy lies that he does in regards to politics. But he went to Alex Jones route. He was showing, he was saying like you were gonna be more manly if you like, oh, yeah, like laser your crotch or something, right? Yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, that's no nonsense. That's like the definition of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and, but it yeah. had this ironic effect on me where I was like, oh, I'm taking Rogan too seriously. Okay, like, yeah, maybe I should just let it go because, oh, I get it. He's like a kind of a knucklehead right winger on not everything. But a lot of things, yeah, yeah. Just, and that's because he doesn't know any better. No, he's been he got fooled by Tucker Carlson the way many people have. Tucker Carlson, very good broadcaster, right? Very yeah, effective yeah. propagandist, very effective. As good as it gets. As in good that as regard. it gets, right? And so yeah. in that sense, he's good. And he and and amazingly, part of his uh, skill has been sort of establishing this no nonsense personality. Like, yeah. how can things be this way? Shouldn't they be the other way? I'm Tucker Carlson. You know, like you're, yeah, like, yeah. you're like, yeah, they should be the other way. And you're like, wait a minute, what did he say? Well, that, that, you know, it's all it's filled with straw men. Yeah, I I even m mentioned this one portion in uh, Injustice is Coming, where I uh, did the thing that amused me to no end when Tucker Carlson said, you know, there if Biden wins, it's a little bit before the uh, elections. Biden wins, they're gonna make you drink Starbucks every day, <laughs> and. You know, you used to have a local corner coffee shop and you liked it a lot, but they took that away from you. And now they're gonna make you drink Starbucks every day. That's the future that they have in line for you, okay? Yeah. And at first we laughed and laughed. We're like, who the hell's gonna make you drink Starbucks? Right, yeah. So like, and I think I put some line in the book that was something like, Commandante, has he drank the coffee yet? Right. Yeah. It said no one ever. Right. right. Like ever. Yeah. Like why would we want to make you? They don't. They don't even, they don't even unionize. Right. Like, yeah. so like etc. Right. But they took away your local corner coffee shop is a super savvy line it is. because. Walmart destroyed all the mom and pop shops, but he doesn't want to say Walmart because right. he's on the side of big business. He knows his audience hates big business. Right. So how does he subvert yeah. their hatred of big business into supporting big business? Right. Arugula stance, right? Yeah, and Starbucks is an arugula stance. In yeah, world. and yeah. so he takes your anger towards Walmart, and he says Walmart didn't do it. The liberals destroyed your local corner shop. And now they're making you go to Starbucks, and then gets you really angry about the left. Well, the left didn't do it; Walmart did it. But right. almost no one in his audience gets that magic trick that he just pulled. I mean, the crazy, and thing that's why he's good at it. Who did it was the, I mean, you know, is mostly the right, but in total complicit with the, I'll use your language, but the establishment left, right? Mm -hmm. America did it, right? Yeah, consumerism won. Over the last fifty years, and, it's and giant companies won. Giant companies won. I mean, consumerism can only win with giant companies having the playing field made so they can win. So, and by the way, the crazy thing is about the Starbucks thing is that since Starbucks arrived, there are so many more local coffee shops. There wasn't a local coffee shop. I know. I would have gone, right? <laughs> My whole That's life. Funny. I've been drinking coffee since I was five. There were. It was hard to get coffee. 
Now it's mm. easy, and it's not just Starbucks. You can get anywhere, but I go to Starbucks. Yeah, um, so do you get what I'm saying that ironically, I'm now less angry at him because yeah, I yeah, realized like, yeah, he's a, you know, so it's a guy that I, like, I guess my expectation of him was too high. That's right. So yeah. like, yeah, I expected him to be fair. I expected him to be reasonable because I thought that's how he started. And now I realize, no, he doesn't know that much about politics. He doesn't, he doesn't know enough to be reasonable. Like if you told him all of the facts and he absorbed them, understood them, etc., would he agree with me on everything? Of course not, right? No, no, like no yeah. two people ever agree on everything, and he has different background. He has a different perspective, etc. But would he probably agree with us, as opposed to Tucker Carlson, on a lot more things than he does today? Probably. Probably he just, but you know, and it goes to the same thing that I thought about Sean Hannity, which is weird. Okay, it's not the same as similar though. It's it's adjacent. I remember when I was first coming up in news and politics and in media, and I thought I got to know every news story and I have to know all the details in every news story because what if I'm debating Sean Hannity and he gets the better of me because he knows something I don't know? Yeah. Now looking back at it. <laughs> Yeah. There wasn't a high chance of that happening. No. Yeah. Right. But I used to think that, like, hey, these guys on TV, they must be really smart and studied and educated. And I guess I thought Rogan was not that, but was reasonable and fair and yeah, I and, never and yeah, had yeah, enough I got information. You. I, I got That's good. I'm glad. I never, I never got it. I never understood for one second why anybody paid attention to him. I mean, it, you know, there was a time when he. I guess had some, you know, better selection. I don't know. I mean, it's a crazy long show, but whatever. It's successful. I don't begrudge him the success. I begrudge him that he's ruined it by making the play, making the country worse. All right, we gotta take the break here. Second episode is just for members. Tyt.com/slash/join to become a member. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the join button below. We do have that riveting conversation left on the punching in your order at McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, and other places. Uh, and and let alone what uh, uh, we think of Barbie, uh, that's always a topic. Uh, all right, tyt.com slash join members, we'll see you there in a second.